That's right. All about home construction here on Saturday mornings. Thanks for listening to us. And uh, good morning, Randy. Morning, Terry. Everybody out there. That's right. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. And it looks like, well, I can't tell you what it's going to be like in two weeks. (laughs) That's right. Zoom recording, trying it out. And uh, so we can get moving more on the podcast and open up some of our listeners as well as some of our uh, visitors on the show. So we can. So we can actually have people communicate with us during the week. That's right. So that's uh, from different parts of the United States. Yep. So we're trying to move on up in the world here. all about home construction. And uh, but first of all, we all we really appreciate all of our listeners, whether it's on WATA or on the podcast. So thank you both so much. And uh, don't forget, you can share this with friends. You can tell friends to listen to us. And if you're listening live on WATA and you want to come back and catch what we said, or maybe you missed something or or uh, just want to. Go back on some old shows. You can go into wherever you find podcasts, type in all about home construction. Tell your smart speaker to play all about home construction. And now you can find us on YouTube, Randy. That's right. And on Saturday mornings, you can call us at 828-262-1567 between 8 and 9 o'clock. There you go. And you know what? I even got one more for you. If they really want to, if they go to uh, our Spotify website, and I'll put the links for those on podcasts in the show notes. Um, so if you're not local in Boone, you can go to the Spotify account and you can actually leave us a voicemail there. Yep. And, uh, or leave us on Facebook. Yeah. You know, Facebook. I put it on Facebook this last week, our, you know, radio station number. That's right. So uh, Facebook's a good Facebook's like an easy place because everyone's kind of on Facebook already. Um, So Facebook is easy to pass out messages and and talk back and forth. So, uh, yeah, anytime you want to shoot us a message on Facebook, um, you know what? I'll tell you another interesting thing that that we could that we get to do now is as we start to branch out with technology is you ever been on a job site? And I know you have because you're on job sites all the time. But as a homeowner, right, you say you're you're doing a a small DIY project or you've got a construction, you know, something going on, or, or maybe you're just curious about something you can actually send us videos or pictures on, on, you know, through th- take them with your phone, send them to us through your, your Facebook and or email. And uh, that we can, we can kind of see, that's the cool thing. We can get some visuals now of, of what, you know, maybe what your problem is or what your question is, or uh, maybe something you're proud of. Yeah. And uh, and if you got, then if you have a question, you can right. call us or so, just leave, leave it on Facebook or whatever's easier for you. Right. That's the cool thing. We're, we're whatever's easy for you. It's easy for us. So, you know, the IB, IBC code was set up for 50 states. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that means international building code. Right. Now we are, there's 13 states that we are reciprocal with that we can answer all the questions. And the only things that changes in coastal areas. Okay. On the construction methods. You know, we're I, my license. If I was to go back and take the test that covers the thirteen states, I can work in uh, 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 shucks. I'm trying. To, I just had it on tip of my tongue, but in the Caribbean, Puerto Rico. That's it, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Now, how often does that get that get updated? The IBC codes. Uh, 2018. So we're looking at in 2024 is a new code book coming out. Okay. So, uh, so the, the other week when you said that you had taken some classes, that was for North Carolina. That wasn't for the IBC. Correct. That was a North Carolina building code. Okay. And that'd be an amendment 
to it. You know, in the old days, we had a code book and all the pages were white and then they'd all the amendments would be put in blue. So you knew okay. what was new and changed, right? Yeah. So what's happening is the workforce, which we've been talking about it for years, has got down so low that they're trying to take apprentices and uh, and allowing the apprentices when they get their sign off to start working. They're not working under anybody's license, but small jobs they can take on, like right. duck work. I mean. Like I told you, there's a lot of reading I have to do to understand that sure. that new law, sure. and uh, which I did get a call on that other law about three hundred or three hundred thousand dollars or three thousand square feet. Right, and uh, I still got to copy that and send it to a designer. So that was that was just to remind everyone that's where you know a designer versus an architect is that right? Correct. Uh, so anything over that, you have to get an actual architect. To, uh, to, to, I guess, design it for you or, or prove it, however you want to look at it. Correct. Because, you um, know, architects, uh, they like to draw big stuff. Right. right. You know, they, they're not going to draw you a garage, mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, most people don't realize that you really need a set of plans on anything that you do to take it to the uh, planning inspections. Used to be you could draw it on a piece of paper, take it in, Right. And sometimes they'll accept that if you're doing your own work on your own property, but they would like a set of plans so they can see it and read it. And well, and, and, and that, that brings up some things, you know, like modulars or um, mobile homes, things like that. When you get, I mean, those, you don't really change those plans. You get a set of plans, you know, whatever you pick out. And at that point, you know, you take that plan in. Because that follows the IBC codes, does that mean it automatically applies into, uh, you know, here in the high country? Well, when you buy a modular, it's stamped. See, because that modular is designed by HUD or not designed by HUD, okayed by HUD. Okay. Okay. Now, that's the difference between us contractors and modulars and stuff like that because they dictate the rules on it. This, see, we're under a different code. We're under the IBC, so North Carolina dictates what we can do. Gotcha. I, can't, I have to build a stick frame uh, house to North Carolina's codes. HUD code, one fits all. Gotcha. Well, see? and I guess that's kind of a bad thing here in the mountains because you're, you're sending the same house that's, you know, manufactured house, whether it's a, mo a mobile home or a, or a um, modular, you're sending the same one here to the, you know, to the beach as you are here to the mountains. It is. But the thing about it is, is I went through the whole process a few years ago with a module and they wanted to know the altitude. Okay. Mm -hmm. They wanted to know where it was located. And wind load. Wind loads. Wind yeah, loads so, while they were uh, gotcha. So they actually designed that house to fit in your area. Gotcha. So Okay. So right here in Boone, see, we're at 130, at 3,300 feet, we're at 130 mile an hour winds up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Up on top, up there at the fire tower, see, that's 150 mile wind load. The coast is all 150 mile an hour wind load. Gotcha. So, well, and that's what I, I've always been curious about, but, you know, it's, it, and then, but that goes back to the architect versus, you know, the, the, because we a lot of people buy plans online now. You know, there, there's lots of like generic plans that you can buy on the internet. Well, um, I've seen I've seen plans like that fail. Okay, because 
they paid three hundred dollars for them, and uh, homeowners wanted to build that house just like the plan called. Okay, and the the plan failed because it wasn't. Uh, our wind loads were too high for what was designed. Right, right. And so, so leads the contractor into a lot of trouble because he didn't tell the homeowner said no these these plans are fine but right. now we got to send them to an engineer for proper so that that's what i was getting ready to ask so if i let's say i buy buy a set of plans randy build his house you there's certain things that you would really have to go through an engineer now to get changed on it um you, you couldn't just change it yourself no because because it goes against the plans that's never been approved or never been uh checked if you will with the, that's with the right. code and uh but now, you know, last summer when I went down and built that log cabin in Burke County mm-hmm. for the veteran, you know, that was a stamp plan. Okay. Right. And so it was stamped. Under the law, I have to build that plan to exactly what they showed. The only thing we changed gotcha. on that was the winding stairs mm-hmm. because we actually took one step out. And I'm allowed to do that. Okay. But as far as the structural aspects of it, I was not allowed to change any of the structure. That makes sense because that's, that's been, uh, it's been stamped, right? Like, like somebody, an architect or an engineer has said, Hey, this is how this, this is good. This is going to work. And, and so there that stamp carries. Yes. Approved for construction. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, and then if the planning inspections wants to, uh, you know, balk about it, then it goes back to them. It don't come back on the contract. Right. Right. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's cool. Well, tell you what, we'll take our first break all about home construction. We'll come right back right after this. Thanks for listening to us. Obviously, by listening to this podcast, you see the value of All About Home Construction. Well, by joining our listener supporter community, you're not just tuning in. You're standing with us as we are able to support and fuel our passions of the construction industry. As a listener supporter, you'll enjoy exclusive perks, including hearing your name or maybe even your business name on our show. So please go to our Spotify website. The link will be in the show notes and join. You can join for as little as as $1, one-time fee, $1 a month, $5 a month, whatever you think you can afford, every single penny helps to keep this show going as we can continue to grow and do lots more things. Thanks a lot. And again, more importantly, thank you for listening to this. That's right. All about home construction here on WATA. And again, thanks to all of our listeners out there. And uh, well, just, you know, whether you're listening to us on WATA or you're listening to us on the podcast, trying some new things out, expanding our reach here on All About Home Construction. Randy, I, I want to get into the main topic, but first, you, you had mentioned the IBC codes. One of the things that you know that I think about on that is is really that's a catch-all in terms of safety, right? Because you got because it, it dictates how not only how you build, but doesn't it dictate what you build? No, not necessarily. Okay. Because, you know, we're getting into a time period where we have tiny houses and then we have houses that go all the way up to, let's say, 19,000 right. square foot, like I helped build in Georgia. See? And back then there wasn't no building codes. They were just what you were taught growing up. Okay. Okay. So now the IBC code will cover all these aspects. Because if you get to looking at them, 
They got sections for wind loads. They have sections for headers. Uh, gotcha. They have sections that you talk about load calculations because the biggest thing that they want to make sure is you're building, you carry the loads from the roof all the way to the ground, even on the inside of the house. Okay. And let's, you know, I know you heard me talk about houses that were built out of balance. Right. Where, where the loads didn't transfer correctly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's the terminology I use. So when you got a house that's out of balance, now you might have engineering on LVLs or a steel I-beam or something like that to right. carry that load right. transferred to a different area. I'm following you now. Okay. Um, and I guess the last IBC question I have for you is like, when we follow the IBC code, now we're, you know, now we talk locally and, you know, county codes or state codes even. Um, th- those are just on top of the IBC. Is that right? Or nope. they're the two separate? Nope. That's all the codes there is. Okay. And uh, the job of the inspector is to make sure you build that house to code. And, you know, most good contractors never build a minimum of code. They build better. Right. Because the code, is, that code is just what you said. It's minimum. I mean, that, that's, that's you know, when, when you're, you, you build this and, and that's, that's the bare minimum you can do to it to make it pass. Um, you know, so that's, that's, uh, as a teacher, I like to associate that with, you know, that's the, that's the C paper you you bring it in, you pass. Yep. That passes. It's a C, but that's, you know, if we're living in a house, we don't want to live in a C grade house. We want to live in an A grade house. Correct. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people, how about if I jump down a rabbit hole? Go for it. Uh, a lot of people want to frame a house out of two bays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're four joists. You meet your spans and everything, but then you don't, and it, it's in a crawl space, but you don't meet the R requirements, and it takes a 2 by 10 to put an R30 in, okay? Right. Or you, you're building a cathedral ceiling in your house, and you want to use two baits for it because the span's not long enough, but it don't meet the inch-and-a-half gap for air transfer from the soffit to the ridge, and you can't put R38 insulation in. Right. So, so what do you do? Well, you could, there's trade-offs, okay? And some of the trade-offs are it make your framing members bigger so it meets the requirements. And or, which you've heard me complain about, uh, your framing members are too big to go with the rigid foam, okay? Right. Because if you put... Uh, Let's say you build your house out of two fours, okay? And uh, 3.5 inches times uh, 6.2 gives you an R value in foam, rigid foam of 21.7. See? Right. So that's, and the minimum codes are 19. So that's how you got to look at it. And you know, one thing North Carolina has done for homeowners, I hope other states have. But, you know, the Home Builders Association made sure that you can read the code book online. Right. You can't download the book, but you can print segments out of it, sections out of it to help you out. And then if you don't truly understand what you're reading, call your planning inspections office and, and talk to them about it. And they'll try to lead you in the best, you know. Gotcha. Because, gotcha. you know, I've built houses at the coast in the early, late 70s, early 80s, where 
our turndown wasn't but 12 inches on a, on a monolithic slab. Nothing wrong with that down there because they're never that cold. Right. Right. Okay. Well, up here in the, in the high country, our turndown would have to be two foot. So we have mm-hmm. to be below the frost. Right. Well, and, and that's, that's why we don't see a lot of those monolithic slabs up here. No. And you know, uh, in the energy code in 2018 and uh all actually it probably goes back to energy code in 2012 where if you're gonna do you a basement in your house you need to put two inches of foam against it mm-hmm. underneath right? underneath your slab right and so what they wanted us to do was to to put a bevel on the the insulation the 45 degree bevel so the, the concrete actually covers it and it'll have just a small gap there right. for expansion contraction, yep. but that's shutting the R value or excuse me, shutting the cold air from coming through a, a masonry wall. Acting essentially as a thermal break, like on, on the, you know, like we do on the side end. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That makes, that makes complete sense. And, uh, you know, again, it goes back though to what you were saying before is it, there's a difference when you're building on the coast where you're building in, you know, elevation of 3000 feet. Uh, I couldn't even imagine when you when you start talking about in the Rockies when you get up to you know eight thousand plus feet. Well, um, there you go. See now there's another code change there because now you're dealing with snow loads. Yep. Okay, so you might not be going with an R38. You might have to have an R49, and to achieve that, you have to go with a uh, uh, IBC, uh, not IBC uh, rafters. You know, okay. manufacturers manufactured right yeah or trusses you know a lot of people I, i'm not a big uh fan of trusses mm-hmm. you know because they're real hard to make energy efficient right 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 you know well it, so that's where those laminated products come in i guess is yeah because they're more engineered products versus yeah. um you know solid beams wood but you uh you can use them for floor tr- you can use them in your floor right you can use them as rafters you just got to put your blocking in but they can, you can get longer lengths with them. I'll, I'll find the, what they're, I can't remember what they're called at the moment. Right. Is that so, the, uh, the LVCs? No, LVL's the top. I thing. mean, LVL. Yeah. LVL's only made for inside use. Paralam's okay. made for exterior use. Okay. Okay. That's, I, that's what I was curious. So, all right. Well, that, that's cool. That's cool. You know, it's, um, there's I, a lot, uh, well, the, the codes, I mean, the, the code is what makes, I mean, honestly, if, if, if we're getting really down to the nuts and bolts, the, co- the code and knowing the code really is what makes, you know, a contractor different than a handyman in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, you know, we, we, we all, we talk so much about licensures and stuff and, 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 but licensures and insurance, but ultimately to get those. Then, then you need to know the code. That's that's what makes a general contractor worth their weight is that they know the codes and they, you know, they build to knowledge. the code. Yeah. Knowledge. That's what you're paying for is knowledge. Right. right. And uh, the engineer, those are called I-Joyce. Okay. And they come in different heights. Now, some of them have an inch and a half top flange, inch and a half bottom flange. Then you have some that go all the way up to a three and a half inch top flange and bottom flange. Gotcha. See, so the wider the flange, the higher the web, the more load it can take. And you know, here, you know, the the longest lengths of lumber 
like a tube of 12. I think we can get them up 26 foot long. We can get an eye joist 40 foot long. Uh, see, so, that, so that's where you see these, it, it didn't, you know, going back to our log, our, our log house discussion, you know, in the past couple of weeks was, you know, you, you think if you go to these large log cab uh, houses, rather that, you know, sit on top of the mountain, you see out forever, look at the big vaulted ceilings. That's where they're able to get, get all that strength from with the big wide open vaulted ceilings then. Yeah, they can in that situation. Okay. And, and uh, they will carry the load and the eye joists are, are man are engineered for you. So you take your floor plans in, and to the, your local building supply, and they will uh, l- do the loads for you, the calculations. So when they come on the job, they'll already have them. They'll, they'll not be cut to length, okay, but they'll be cut within two foot. So you get number one goes here, number two goes here kind of thing? Yeah. Or, okay. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. I and uh, But, you know, it, it, it's very good. Uh if, as long as they're installed correctly, because right. we have gone back and found them where they weren't. Uh, well, that that's the case with anything, right? Yep. I mean, e- right. even even a two by four is only good if it's installed correctly. Um, yeah. You know, so and and we see that all the time, right? You you see that you know when it comes to like framing, whether it's you know just a simple framing, roughed out framing, uh, using a two by four. How many times do you see it nailed incorrectly or not prop, you know, not the right spacing or nailed in the wrong place? I mean, there's all sorts oh, of stuff yeah. as simple as that is, right? As far as putting two wood pieces of wood together, um, there's correct, correct ways and incorrect ways. That's right, and 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 for every product, you know, most of the eye joists and stuff like that, uh, I I could be wrong. And uh, I think a lot of them was uh, designed in Canada. Right. That makes sense. So, well, cool. I'll tell you what, we'll take another break. And then I'm going to get into uh, what I was going to ask you about, because I kind of like the codes, though. Uh, it's, it's kind of fun to talk about codes. Codes, yeah. are, codes are important. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back right after this. Thanks for listening to us. Yep. Obviously, by listening to this podcast, you see the value of All About Home Construction. Well, by joining our listener supporter community, you're not just tuning in. You're standing with us as we are able to support and fuel our passions of the construction industry. As a listener supporter, you'll enjoy exclusive perks, including hearing your name or maybe even your business name on our show. So please go to our Spotify website. The link will be in the show notes and join. You can join for as little as as $1, one-time fee, $1 a month, $5 a month, whatever you think you can afford, every single penny helps to keep this show going as we can continue to grow and do lots more things. Thanks a lot. And again, more importantly, thank you for listening to this. That's right. Welcome back to All About Home Construction here on WATA. Again, thanks to all of our listeners out there and uh, trying a little bit of Zoom call this morning with Randy as we try to expand and, uh, well, just test the water so we can get some more guests in. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes here on All About Home Construction. So yep. uh, in, in, our, in our final couple or 10 minutes here, so let's uh, let, I want to ask you a couple minutes about garages. So. The, the question came up of, of in the planning stage about attached versus detached garages. What, well, 
what, what's the difference in terms of for, from your building's perspective? Now, I mean, obviously one's attached to the to the house, one's not. But in terms of building, in terms of going back to the codes, what's the difference in the two? Actually, not much. Okay, because they're still put on slab. You have to follow the codes for slab. And one thing that um, the codes look at, they don't come out call it, but like building inspection departments. Well, think about in the eighties. 70s and 80s, the ranch-style houses was built with garages, okay? Excuse me. Everybody everybody took the garage door down, put a six-foot French door in it, made a living area out of it. House, yep. Okay. So, well, I'm never going to make a living area out of that, whether it's attached or detached, mm-hmm. okay? But the point of it is the codes address it just in case you ever do. So so it doesn't look at it as a, as a separate building. It looks at it as part of the house. Correct. And uh, and either way you do it, you still have to uh, frame it out of the same material. Yep, your your foundation is the same; it is attached the same. Uh, the R value is the same. The rafters system, the R value is the same. Okay, gotcha. So that way it can be used, you know, for a living area down the road. The only okay. difference is that there's no bathroom. You know, you can run right. plumbing in it, but most time it's a hose bib, so you can wash it out. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. Well, that's what I've always been curious about. But also, though, like as a garage, though, do you have to worry about um, like, you know, carbon monoxide coming from cars? Is there any kind of like special ventilation or or something to worry about? Not really, because you got, let's say, a one car garage still has to have a 3-0 door in it. Okay. And uh, most people now, every door is automatic. So you get in, start your car up. Hit the hit the button, the door comes up, so there's really not that much in it. You know? Okay. Well, I just wasn't sure. I mean, and also you you know you, you've got to worry about you storing a lawnmower in there and gas and stuff like that. You know, fumes. That's that's. I was just curious if 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 that played a role at all into this kind of kind of into the the code and into the the rules for for garages. Now, garages are generally never heated. Okay, mm-hmm. for that reason alone. Uh, you can put an electric hot water heater out there, but you couldn't put a gas. Okay. Because of the open flame. Beca- because of the, oh, yeah, being open flame and potential risk of, of getting into uh, fumes and stuff. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Well, if that's the case, then there, there's really, I guess, in terms of building, there's no advantage of building a detached garage versus an attached garage, right? I mean, well, the, it depends on your lot and location. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I'm just thinking like an attached garage, essentially you, you don't have to build one wall. I mean, cause you're already building the outside wall of the house. Right. So if you well, attach that, it, lose, you're, 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 but you, you're still going to frame a wall up in it. Okay. Okay. And that'd take and or I would. And the reason for that is now we have a double barrier for fire. Okay. That's okay. That's where I'm. That's where my brain was going before. With, with but now that now it makes sense, right? Um, yeah. is, is you've got that extra. Okay, that makes total sense. And it's just you know we we do not have uh, a lot of garage fires with a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know. But it does happen from time to time. Right. And when it comes to your family, a simple wall with that extra insulation in there, you know, because you got you got to put a fire rate in that garage, and that's 
five eighths. It's not like a commercial building where you have to have two layers, but you get you put one layer in. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, okay. That's what that's what I was curious. I I would imagine though, aesthetically, it probably goes both ways. Depends on you know who what the buyer wants, right? I mean, it it would kind of make your house if it's attached. It's going to give the appearance of a larger house. Correct. But you know, detached garage, you could you could fix it up where it has more or different curb appeal. So I guess that's really eye of the beholder. Well, it depends on where you locate it. Cause see now if you detach it, you can put a small deck in between. Right. You know, and do your patio, uh, your grill and the stuff in between the house. Then another thing too, is you can go ahead and carry your roof on out and still have your detach detached garage with your patio still there. So you can cook out the rain. Now you got an outdoor kitchen. Uh, well, correct. an outdoor outdoor tv section that's what i'm waiting on outdoor living space that's uh okay uh that that's we're gonna have to do a show on outdoor living spaces though that that, that's a great idea by the way um i'm all about some outdoor living spaces but yeah so garages um does the code always does it call for uh, concrete floors or is that just, I mean, I know why we put concrete floors in. You're driving a car on it. But I always wondered if that's part of the actual code. Uh, I've never been on a, I have been on a wood floor garage, but it's in older buildings. And uh, just for money's sake, maintenance, stuff like that. Because, you know, here in the mountains, there's garage walls that might be 12 foot high. Right. So there you have to go with eye joists steel eye joints mm-hmm. and pans see and pour that well <clears throat> i mean that's my thing like, like obviously as a garage i don't know why what i don't know what you would go or what you would want to do besides concrete but i'm going back to what we were saying before but the codes in the in the um the slabs the monolithic slabs if you're not careful i, I guess essentially the the the, fa- the floor of the garage is just that a monolithic slab right Yep. So you'd have and, to follow those codes in terms of insulated underneath and, and all the other. Well, think about this. So if you were to go with a wood floor, no matter what it'd be, treated or whatever, now you stand a chance. Let's say your oil drip, your car drips a little oil. Oh, it's going to, yeah. So now it's going to drip on the boards. Yeah. Okay. What happens if it drip, drips in a crack? It's going to fall right. its way down. Yep. Yeah. And uh, over a period of time, let's say, Nothing might ever happen, but you got that old plunker that you have to put a quarter oil in it every week. Yep. That oil ain't being burnt. It's leaking. Mm-hmm. Now you've created a fire hazard. That makes sense. Yeah. And well, almost, yeah. I mean, I I don't see any advantages of putting anything except for concrete. You know, at personally. least, uh, well, there you get, go again. You can follow the codes on a monolithic slab. If you go with a wood floor, you'll have to have it engineered. Right. Yeah. It'd be extra cost all the way around. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess. Could you go, could you just keep it dirt or, you know, like gravel? Not on new construction. Okay. You know, you can do your barn like that, but you couldn't do it on a house. Makes sense. I mean, I don't, again, I don't know why you would other than to save money. I'm just trying to think outside the box. Like, what well, you got, you, you got know? homeowners that won't try anything. Right. But, you know, they don't want to uh, – if they don't want to obey the codes, then any use even trying to work for them. Right, right. No, that makes total sense. So, 
Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, there we go. Detached, attached. Doesn't make much difference in terms of construction. But one thing I want to tell homeowners is make sure you know the elevation of your garage for the correct doors, garage doors, and your 3-0 door. But yeah, I see what you're saying because you you may end up you may end up getting the wrong one. Correct, and you can't. And uh, the on new construction, the building inspection wants to see the stickers on the windows or on the glass mm-hmm. or the door for the wind load. Okay, now you can't go to your here in Boone. You cannot go to your local hardware store and buy a regular old steel door like we used to because it's only rated for ninety mile an hour. Nice. Well, there we go. Thank you for listening to All About Home Construction on the podcast. We record this live every Saturday on AM 1450 and FM 96.5 WATA in Boone, North Carolina. You can become a supporter by supporting this with a small monthly donation. and That'll help sustain future episodes. You can do that for as little as 99 cents a month. And that'll go a long way to help our show do that. You get your name or your company name included in our advertisements. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time.